0: Welcome to Fargo Talks Fargo, an unofficial podcast on the FX television series. This season of Fargo Talks Fargo is sponsored by Fargo Brewing Company and their tasty and always delicious wood chipper IPA. Velvety, smooth, all sorts of those things. Also adjectives that dis- describe my good friend Sharpie. Sharpie, how are you today?
1: Hey now, I'm doing quite well. A little bit of a cold, but it's not going to slow me down.
0: Oh, dang. I kind of feel the same way. I've got like cold or allergies or something, but I got the remedy right here. Ready? Or do we can try to do this? We both got the remedy. All right. Three, two, one. Oh,
1: God. That was perfect. I, yeah, that was real I nice. Think. What are you drinking? Uh, well, I unfortunately cannot get Fargo Brewing beer uh, where I am in Denver. So I yeah. am drinking a local Colorado beer called Oscar Blues Pinner. Oh.
0: I have uh, I've gone to something lighter. I'm drinking the uh, Fargo Original Lager today. That's a great beer. I, it is a fantastic beer. But we for, do thank Fargo Brewing for their support. Go to FargoBrewing.com yeah. to find out more.
1: Um, if you if you're in the region, the Fargo region, uh, tri-state area. Yeah, tri-state you meaning, are meaning not,
0: North Dakota, South Dakota, Minnesota. Correct.
1: Yeah, uh, and you are maybe not into craft beers or uh so-called dark beers start out with little fargo brewing original yep because it's uh it's a award-winning lager and it's, it's a delicious. nice light crisp taste
0: yeah it did didn't this win a, a bronze medal at the uh great american, american beer festival Beer festival that's oh. right we
1: just i was there were you i was every year probably i wasn't at the i am there every year i wasn't at the award ceremony but oh it was uh it was i'm i'm not important enough to go to that
0: well anyway so here we are folks we've had oh sharpie did you get some of those emails i sent you i just i do want to give a shout out i don't know if we'll be able to talk about all this but as usual thank you so much for all the people who reached out uh the commenters on facebook and people who sent us twitter stuff and Mm -hmm. and as usual uh you know all you guys i'm just name of name off of you jason and and mark Ruben, and uh everybody but um Oh, and we did just quick follow up the season two hotel motel. I feel like I maybe mentioned this, not the same thing. Jason cleared that up for us, said nope, they're not the same. One's up there in uh the uh Alberta, Canada, right? Mm, yep. The other one's in Hollywood, LA. No
1: quite, such luck. quite far from each other.
0: Yeah. And I did see Ruben Ruben wrote in, another person, he was that that whole uh desk scene was turned around for him as well. Wasn't just uh, you and me.
1: Mm, yep, I rewatched it, and yeah, that's a well done scene. We'll get to that.
0: Yeah, let's talk about that. So, I I, I think we should. Um, I I think we I think we yeah. You know, I'm I'm to this point where I wondered if we almost covered too much in that for what this episode was. I feel <laughs> um I don't I I don't want to call it a disappointment. I just feel like we covered a lot, a fair amount of what it was because when you I think that when you telegraph that much of what you're trying to say to us, there's not as much to interpret or secrets to uncover, in my opinion. Sure like, did you did you see anything like monstrously, like whoa, shit? I missed that on your second time through.
1: Um, yeah, I've got a couple little things that I think are interesting. Um, so uh the the title of the show of this episode, season three, episode four of FX is Bargo. A- FX's that's a weird thing to say Mm. um the narrow escape problem um yeah we brought this up
0: a little carry on though
1: yeah so we brought it up a little bit it's uh it's a little bit over my head but i think the basic idea is uh well here's what wikipedia says uh i think we maybe covered this a little bit but a particle like an ion molecule or protein is confined uh to like a domain um and there is one small window basically in that domain that it can get through um, mm-hmm. so the narrow escape problem is just all about the time the calculating that time and what it would take for that particle to escape that narrow window right right uh-uh. so as we kick off the show, um, if you didn't listen to the hot dish basically we're going uh, we're going over the story Peter and the wolf, which is this like symphonic uh, story where each little character has is for is represented by an instrument in the symphony so emmet is the bird ray is the duck um which is the oboe yeah let's let's get yeah yeah, so so it's a bird flute emmet right yep the yep emmet is the bird which is the played by the the flute ray is the duck which is the oboe Mm-hmm. Um, Sai is the grandfather. Um, however, I still disagree with this. Um, although there can be more alone. than one, there, there can be more than one grandfather, like there is uh, in the show. Yep. Um, Nikki Swang goes the cat, which is the clarinet. Um, yes. Oh, the grandfather is the bassoon, by the way. Yes. Um, yes. Yes. The henchmen Yuri and Mimo are the uh, I guess hunter it, shotguns. Yeah, the hunter the... slash shotguns, or the or the shotguns.
0: Yep. The sounds.
1: Yep. The kettle drums. Um, And V.M. Barga is the wolf, played by the French horns. And Gloria (laughs) is Peter, played by the strings.
0: Anytime anybody says so-and-so is the wolf, I'm like, fuck you it is. It's Harvey Keitel. (laughs) Don't don't you forget it.
1: (laughs) That's true. Harvey Keitel is the wolf. So, yeah.
0: So, that's our thing. And our our entire scene is is set to this. And I kind of, I made a note on my second watch thinking about Emmett with his tie rack and I was like, you know, yeah, he's a bird, but he's more of a peacock the way he's he's you know, he his attire, the way he has to dress and how he, he puts on a certain amount of air with what he does, and then you just slap that up against the 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 opposite of uh, Ray.
1: Yeah, right. Well he I mean he can he's he's only defined as a bird, so he can certainly be a peacock. Yeah. And peacocks oh. can fly, right? Even though it's rarely I, yeah, seen. Yeah, I believe so. Sort of so. like a turkey.
0: Let's. Yeah, we'll stick with that. If we don't, if we don't fact check it, it stays true until somebody emails. He could be a turkey too. Mm-hmm. Almost our national bird, by the way. Almost. Almost.
1: Um. So. So you were talking about the narrow escape problem. Or did you have more you wanted to say about that? Yeah, I mean, we have to somehow relate these characters to the narrow escape problem. Mm-hmm. Um, in the story of Peter and the Wolf. Uh, the duck is swallowed by the wolf, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm trying to extrapolate this. I think we could go over, I think we could kind of relate it to the narrow escape problem. These characters to the narrow escape problem uh, many times over, uh, and we'll we'll kind of go over that now. We'll figure out what else we can come up with. But if, if Ray is the duck and the duck gets swallowed by the wolf, but technically in the story, the duck doesn't die because he can be heard when the wolf's, mouth is open, right? Because he eats too fast. Because he eats too fast. He swallowed the duck, Ray, live.
0: Like a bulimish, bulimish? <laughs> a bulimic, <laughs> a bulimic British person, which we learn vM Varga is, who yeah, eats too much he too basically fast. basically
1: inhales his food, his English breakfast. Yes. Yeah. Um, do you think that Vm Varga the wolf could swallow Ray the duck? And it could be, but but duck could still have this slight chance, this slight window of escaping through the mouth of the wolf, being that that could be his narrow escape problem, or through his it, ass. Who knows? Just I, I, I think depends on I think what it's, story you want to choose. I guess.
0: I think it's a lot of those things. You know, I mean, I think there's the very obvious one of that. Yes, that's that that you've got. If you, if you go with that stuff, right, and you're like, well, Vm Varga is this and that, we know what happens to the duck, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's a, I think it's a narrowing problem as we learn more and the plot unfolds. That there's a narrowing problem for everybody, and your chance of escaping that problem becomes less and less. Right? So yes, uh, the wolf has his sights on the duck, but we also have to remember that the wolf in this episode also is narrowing uh, everything with Emmett as well by getting him to sign that document. So he becomes it's an inescapable thing for him. Then mm-hmm. you know, the minute they become partners that that really screws up the possibility for uh what was mentioned earlier about the widow uh, whose name escapes me right now gold goldfarb is it goldfarb or farb doesn't really matter i doesn't guess doesn't really
1: matter i thought it was gold i heard goldfarb
0: Right, and so so there's that escape happening, and on top of that, the, the the narrow escape is is the the whole this 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 possibility for I'm holding up my hands like everyone can see me. I do this every season. Only you see me, mm-hmm. and, and that that same narrowing hole of an, an escape is is also happening for Ray with with Gloria, who's Peter at the same time. Right. Yep. So so everybody has something. They're they're almost escaping Ray, uh, um, and on top of that you have got sai whose the window for him to escape this stupid run in with the wagon mm-hmm. is is narrowing as well because we meet this new character um was it winnie who who is narrowing down what he's got it so i feel like it applies to everybody i feel like the obvious thing is that it's it's this vm varga versus ray thing in the end but i think the actual reality of the whole thing is that the story is about to I think I feel like it's Noah it's a real slow episode
1: real slow It's
0: it's Noah Hawley just like letting us it's like it's like watching the beginning of that slow motion car crash scene and you're just like no and like I feel like from here all the impacts are going to happen because we've been talking about this all season haven't we or at least for part of the season with the the randomness of things and what's happening and there's even a part I'll probably get to later um, maybe remind me about this comment I was making when we used okay. to talk about Zimmerman again, and, and and the nature of things. So, I think they all those things are correct. I I just think, I think it applies to more than those people because it, it, I mean, even Nikki is uh, is being found out. Ray has has had a narrow escape problem because he's been, you know, he's been given it to his his parolee, and he took an oath. Like, do, do you know what I mean? Like, all of these problems are getting screwed because of this narrow escape problem, in my opinion, because...
1: I think they're problems. I don't think they're narrow escape problems, really. No? I mean, I don't know. Uh, but that's
0: that's the narrow escape thing I, I have, is that if you have a, a, a window, and that window slowly closes within the thing, and it's bouncing around, mm-hmm. there's only so much time, and as it gets to a certain point, escape becomes impossible, is the point. And I feel like all of these situations are closing down... You know, they're doing this... The, it's the Indiana Jones thing. Are you going to be able to slide under that door, right? As it's mm-hmm. going down, 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 down. And for all of these people in a lot of these situations that they've got themselves kind of fucked with, mm-hmm. their ability to get under that door is disappearing.
1: Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah. We don't agree. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. I agree. Um, yeah, I just think... I don't know, you kind of convinced me a little bit there. I like the narrow escape problem <laughs> with um Emmett and Ray uh because obviously Ray's got himself into a pickle by impersonating his brother, and now his brother knows uh, oh God, yeah, and so that's so so obviously his brother's gonna be closing down closing in on emmett's gonna be closing in on Ray somehow right somewhere right um and now that he's signed on to be a partner with Vargo. He's yeah. kind of chosen his side. So that that yeah. definitely is closing down.
0: Can we can we talk about that? Can we talk about him impersonating his brother? I feel it was, for me, it was one of the most, uh, like, it, it was really enjoyable. It was it, enjoyable to watch, because you're watching... To watch an, an actor try to play another actor, a character he's playing. Do you know, do you know yeah, what I mean? He That's, has to
1: impersonate himself impersonating... A person. A, a person, which is a, a dialect or a... Accent or whatever you want to call it, but yeah. um, he admittedly even McGregor admittedly has said in interviews that it was his the hardest accent he 's ever had to do in a role oh really, yeah,,
0: uh, we talk like this shit every day
1: yeah we we woke up like this <laughs> <laughs>
0: right <laughs> so. Okay, so thinking about this scene though. Uh I it's just that switch that went off in him when he decided to say, you know, close down the account after after Buckle Lander did that. Man, that's did that's did the second time through too that Buckle Lander snapping his fingers at Millie, I just
1: was like, "God, you just want to punch that guy in the oh, teeth, don't yeah. you?" yeah. I mean, he is just he is not subtle about just it that... whatsoever, and he's not really good at it. <laughs> oh god. He looks a... so uncoordinated just snapping. Just an ass hat. No,
0: I I did. I immediately, having worked at a bank when he said $10,000, I was like, oh, he's going to trigger an SAR. That's what they're talking about, FYI, for nerds out there who work in banking in the States. It's what's called a suspicious activity report, sort of. That's what can get triggered by pulling out $10,000. Right. That's what they're talking about. But yeah, what a jerk. But I... Okay, so here here's a random thing that I don't know if it's going to come back up, but I just thought about it because I kept thinking, why do they need this? I still think they're like, why do they need the cream soda, right?
1: To go with the creamains.
0: Yeah, maybe, (laughs) but I just thought, I just thought, oh, they're working in something that he has to touch,
1: because if you think think about it, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, well, here's the deal: if they've got video of him, how could they prove that it's not him if they look alike on on video, right? So the only other way to do it is fingerprint identification. I mean, I know he touched the box, or did he? uh did they yeah. carried it
1: over to that table? Um, I've i got that scene. Pulled yeah, he up probably right touched here. it. He probably no, he's definitely it. I'm touching it. the cremains. Uh, yep, he's touching the box. You know, but I think <laughs> I just I think you're giving old banker yeah, dude I'm, too I'm, much credit. I'm going too far. I'm too far. He's just Pull wants me back, to give Sharpie. his guests a, a cream soda, man.
0: Yeah. Or I maybe what I'm missing is what's the what's the intent of the writers in cream soda that it's come up twice in a season because it's not a normal thing. Or do they think cream soda is a Midwestern thing?
1: I don't know. Do you drink cream soda? I used to love
0: the only time I ever drank cream soda uh was fishing in my grandfather's boat.
1: What is cream soda? It's delicious. I mean, I, I actually never drank like, it uh, when I was a kid. I, I wasn't always a huge soda drinker, but certainly like in junior high, up to ju- about junior high, I drank a, a, g- a fair amount of uh, Coke and mug root beer, if that's still around. Um, it's, but I never it's drank basically... cr- cream soda because I thought it always sounded gross. Like like cream and soda.
0: Oh, I see what you're saying. Well, it's, I
1: mean, it's, it's a vanilla soda. Sure. And I like vanilla. Call it vanilla soda.
0: I don't know why they called it cream soda. It's just it's just the way it is. I mean, it's light colored or like kind of tan. I think they would put just a little bit of caramel coloring in it to get it just a little darker so that you'd know what it was. But I don't know. I mean, it's like one of those things. Like, didn't you ever drink Sarsapar- Sioux City sarsaparilla out here? No. God, I, don't, what, I don't
1: even know what that is.
0: <laughs> God, we got to talk to Mama Sharpie and be like, "Why did you deny your child joy?"
1: What? So you're drinking cream soda with your grandpa in his fishing boat? That's what you said.
0: Yeah, I don't remember why. I just don't. I just I have this very vivid memory of eating like uh, salami and bun sandwiches and mm. and and, and s- sitting on the boat. Salami, I wasn't real sal- big into fishing, so, so the, salami the sandwich and bun and the,
1: sandwiches. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you know, like round white buns and just like the big round cuts of salami that you'd cut yourself and then peel the wrapper off of it and then just slap a, you know, a like healthy a summer sausage? dose of. Oh, yeah. Then just slap a healthy dose of like butter on it yeah. and then just American cheese. And then you, you put those back into the original bun bag, though. All of mm-hmm. them. You make all eight to 12 buns at once and you cram them back into the bag and just slap those in the cooler.
1: That's still. To this date, and I did that a lot for sure, and that that was always like my road trip food, and that, and still to this day it is my road trip food. Little like uh g- like gas station buns and summer sausage, yeah. <laughs> and you throw them in a sack, and you got like your your own homemade homemade like White Castle sandwich like sack. Yeah, <laughs> and you yeah, can I mean, snack it, on it like the whole road trip
0: and it's never as satisfying if you do it with like some something like ham or turkey. No. It's
1: just not the same. Nice thickly cut summer sausage. Yeah,
0: because in the the shapes, the the round bun, the round thing. See, okay, there you go people. And do you know they what should be, they should be hiring us. Do you for know this why shit. it's
1: also perfect because you don't need a cooler. Uh, it doesn't have to be cold. Summer sausage, by definition, can be warm. It's made to sit in the summer. That's why it's called summer sausage. Well, it's, it's designed for picnics. <laughs> it's also
0: like it got like nine thousand percent of the daily salt you need in a day. That's and right. It, it will never
1: grow bacteria. Salt and fat and meat, the trifecta.
0: Yeah, it'll get a little like grody on the outside. You just cut that part off. <laughs>
1: That's what the casing's for. You can eat the casing if it's fresh. If it's not fresh, uh, peel the casing off. Right, right. If you're eating a summer sausage, are, do you <laughs> eat the casing, or do you do you no. peel it off?
0: I only eat the casing if I know it's natural. But most of the store bought nat the stuff that I had growing up was not a natural casing, and it was pa- It was like a it was like a papery stuff, you know. So no, you don't eat it because it's
1: like this I'm talking. Papery I, shit. I mean, obviously, if it's paper, you don't eat it. But if it's just like, you know, that like dark red sort of stringy that you can kind of eat it, but if it comes off easy, you just might as well not. Oh, dude. I you, mean, do you, you like... Okay, here, you here's another... I grew up
0: in some fancy upbringing that I, had, I never had, man. All my stuff came from like Hormel, you know? Okay. No natural casing on it. It was not like that. It was lips and assholes. And now we have we have so derailed, but we're going to keep going because I want to know what you're going to ask <laughs>
1: I want to know if you're the type of person that that like peels the casing back and then slices the rounds of oh, delicious no. sausage meat, or do you slice the rounds and then you take the casing s- you off slice in, the- like strands? You slice the rounds, and then
0: when you're done, you just do a tiny slit through the round you cut, yeah, and you just peel that like its own little, you know, and then you can save them and throw them in the air like ribbons.
1: Oh, like a like, like yeah, reward.
0: I'm yeah, like sausage party. Wait, I can't believe it. Like,
1: said uh, yeah, like pistachio shells or something, or like throwing coconut exactly. shells on the floor. It's your, it's your. No,
0: you don't, you don't peel it back. That's it's inefficient your, you're and You're throwing wasteful. your
1: sausage wrapper onto the ground and and yes, celebrating. Also,
0: just just full full disclosure: Hormel was founded in Austin, Minnesota, which is why I was bringing up Hormel. I'm not sure if that thing. Okay, so anyway. So you've never had cream soda well next episode we'll figure that out um i what so so I, I'm gonna tie two quick things together so so like I said, I really do think this was kind of a slow episode and but it's it's there for a reason. I feel like what we kind of my, my quick take of what did I learn about Ray is that he's actually outside of the awfulness of like he never hired anyone to hurt somebody, right right. Maurice did that he and he he didn't want to like he didn't send Maurice to steal all his brother's shit he sent him to get one stamp and I think that and and then between that and him talking to Nikki putting his hand on the window like he loves her not like he loves her and then only taking as much as he thought was fair market value for the stamp Mm -hmm. and then on top of that you go back to when they're talking nasty about Nikki like you know you could whatever it was they said about her that I brought up in the hot dish. That it was it was just, you know... Oh, here, you know, it was like using her poontang to hoodwink and bamboozle. That's what they do, son. That <laughs> kind of stuff. You know, she's a skank you can fry bacon on. That's the comment. Sorry, I had to flip into my notes here. But and he takes he takes offense to that. He thinks that's in her past and that she's a better person. Whether or not that's true, I don't know. But I think that this is his thing. His, I feel like I learned in this episode that is that Ray is actually... One of the nicer people on this show, and he's just made some really, really screwy choices.
1: Okay, uh, you touched on a few things there that I thought were interesting. Um, before Ray goes into the bank to impersonate his brother, he touches the glass as like a little the glass, the the car, the car door window, right?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, he puts his palm against the glass, yeah,
1: and kind of smudges it up a little bit. Does he not? Does he? Cool, okay um well let me just double check oh okay. well, it doesn't matter it matters or is
0: it supposed to matter oh there's a point you're about to make
1: uh yeah i'm pretty sure he left a little smudge i got it pulled up right here okay leave the car buddy
0: so for those of you who are um, paying customers this is this is at five minutes and 36 seconds
1: yeah there's i mean i guess it's not that noticeable so maybe i'm reading yeah. into it too much it's more so on: d- it's more so on the finger. He puts his whole hand on the glass and then he touches the glass with his finger. Um, and that to me, when I saw I guess, I, I guess what I was remembering was the finger smudge uh, because mm-hmm. it was like Ray's telling her that he loves her and he means well, but in his wake, he leaves a mess a little bit. Um, could be reading into that a little bit too much, but I love that kind of stuff if, if that was intended.
0: I do that all the time on this show.
1: <laughs> it's almost as if we have to talk about it every week.
0: Yeah, and we should do a show about this show. I, I did like that she didn't like look away and like like shrug him off. She was like right, looking at him the same I really do think she she feels that way for him yeah. so far.
1: And if so, then good for him, man. What a score. I mean,
0: for all I know, she's gonna meet Yuri and the whole thing's gonna be over and she's gonna be She's gonna be all over some Cossack.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I wish you could have seen Bill's face right there. Um, okay, so he comes back uh, with his supposedly fair market value of the stamp. Uh, that's no. Yeah, we, we already because
0: we well, already. Oh wait, can we? But just in case somebody doesn't listen to the hot dish, so we did cover the Laverne thing and the ashes, and that it was. We feel it was a throwback to season two that took place in Laverne, Minnesota, but we know it's a dead pet. Uh, and not to gloss over this, but the bank guy, they drill the lock, and there's just some really gloriousness and serious gloriousness in there where he acts a lot like his brother and threatens to take everything to chase. So, yeah. sorry, carry on. Uh, he just, well, so he gets he, back he, in the car. He
1: comes back to the car with his $10,000 knowing that his brother has, you know, a million bucks in the bank at least. Um, yeah. This also shows Ray's just like, you know, just kind of... His innocence a little bit, maybe it's naivete, uh, but also was th- was was the fair market value of that stamp really ten thousand dollars, or is that what he assumes, or is he like totally like ignorant to the fact of how much these stamps are worth? Because certainly, I don't we don't know how many stamps there were, but you're not gonna start a parking lot empire with a couple ten thousand dollars stamps, right? I mean, it has to. There has to be more to it than that, or maybe there was a hundred. I don't know. Fifty stamps. Who knows? But if that one was framed,
0: or maybe you did. You know, maybe you did start it with that little. You know, you you. you, We don't know how much time has passed, and think about the cost of land in some of those shitty places. I mean, for real, thinking about Minnesota, right in Minneapolis, some of those like rundown places in the cities before. like it started getting all gentrified and shit in a bunch of those neighborhoods. I bet you some of that stuff could have gone cheap, with the exception of Vikings days. You know when your shitty parking lot makes a ton of money because people want to grill brats and drink beer in the parking lot and do whatever it is they do.
1: Sure. So then, if if the, and if that's the case, then really like Emmett's like the good guy because. He just did something with his uh inheritance instead of just taking the Corvette and driving it around for twenty years.
0: Right. Oh yeah, absolutely. He he's obviously more savvy overall, but I don't know. I feel like he knew how much that was. Like that's he was there for enough for a ring, and I don't feel like I don't feel like Ray would be there for a hundred thousand dollars. He just needs enough to get Nikki a ring that he thinks is great. And I actually don't think they're super lavish people. I don't think he's even in it for the money all the time. He loves being with her. He loves playing. They're excited to get a sponsor and they they they're, they're really happy about the Wildcat still. They're like they're like Trump with his uh his election map. You know, he he rolls that Wildcat out every once in a while. Sorry folks, I got political there, but um well, So yeah, <clears throat> I so that that's just that's what I think. I mean, I I guess I'm kind of agreeing with you, but I also do think the stamp is is really that much. Okay how much the other collection was or what he conned his brother out of. I don't know if we'll ever know, but very obviously they took two different paths based on that choice in their life.
1: Mm -hmm. So I know you went, you touched on the political, uh, road a little (laughs) bit. I'm going to segue. I'm going to use that as my next uh, segue. Okay. Mimo and Yuri, we get a little bit of a montage with them. Very brief. Um, you see you see <laughs> Emmett going looking at them in the office and he's like what the fuck are these guys up to. Then you see them leave and Yuri is telling this story about Vladimir Putin and yes. how he grew up knowing he wanted to be uh in what at that time was the FSB. Uh ultimately mm-hmm. be ultimately uh going into the KGB after like but he he's talking about Putin ruling the 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 playground with his fists after he learned like sambo and judo and all this stuff
0: strong like a bull
1: um what i thought was interesting about this little brief segment was that yuri's telling mimo this story in the car but mimo has headphones in
0: (laughs) i was gonna ask if you noticed that like i've always wondered if he was just talking to himself
1: right so he either he's listening to something else or they're like some form of earplug or what but Mimo seems to be all business, and Yuri is thinking they're maybe buddies or something. I don't know. That's not really the point I'm getting to, but I thought that was interesting. Yuri's sitting there smoking a cigarette. Mimo's driving, and he's got these headphones in. Um, I'm not sure what the story is behind that. I'm sure we'll get a, a little bit more out of that when we find out, when we learn more about their relationship, but here's what I found interesting about that. Speaking of the political stuff. Um, I have a feeling I know where you're going to (laughs) go. Here's what Yuri says. When Putin was a boy, he
0: (laughs) He already knew.
1: He wanted to be FSB. Okay, blah, 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 blah. Uh, And then he's talking about the Russian words for truth. Pravda, which is man's truth. Istina, which is God's truth. And then there's one more word, nepravda, which is untruth. And then Yuri goes on to say, "And this is the weapon the leader uses, uh, because he knows what they don't. The truth is whatever he says it is. Now, if that's not more like applicable to today's time, with Trump getting a boner over Putin and 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 Trump knowing that the truth or living a life where the truth is whatever he says it is, that's really interesting. Um, but this goes even further." Um, Russia is playing the show Fargo on the state-owned channel. uh, Channel 1 or whatever it's called. Um, And they've censored this show. Um, They've censored this speech in this story from Yuri in particular. So they've removed all... um, They removed all references to Putin. But they kind of kept... uh, They kind of kept the story. But let me tell you... uh, Let me show you what they changed yeah he says uh let's see the truth yuri says the truth is whatever he says it is meaning vladimir vladimir putin is using that as his weapon the truth being whatever he says it is because only he 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 knows everything he knows what they what they the people that he's ruling don't know um but they changed it in russia on the russian airing to say Untruth is a weapon because somebody knows and you don't. The truth is only what exists in reality. Um, And then they removed the references to Putin and replaced it with words like spy and all this kind of stuff, which I thought was really interesting.
0: (laughs) I thought you were going to tell me about the fact that if you Google... Uh, Pravda and Istina and the Pravda. You will also come up with a 2016 New York Times article that says, "To understand Trump, learn Russian."
1: <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> talk about, I did not see that. And they
0: talk about Pravda, but we don't. We don't have to go crazy about that. But and Pravda was uh, a, a Russian um, newspaper as well for many, many, many years.
1: Oh, I, I did think not know who that. knows
0: it might. St- yes. So they had which is kind of hilarious that Russia had a newspaper called Trust or truth (laughs) um
1: oh here's what they say they say uh the boy uh this is yuri talking about putin in in the Mm -hmm. in our version they say putin but in this version they say the boy dreamt of becoming a spy since childhood um which i kind of already mentioned but there are some pretty shady news stories talking about this uh which i guess is what you get when um you are trying to get news out of a country like Russia.
0: Right, yeah. One of those things where you... you, I feel like I'm at this point where you Google enough stuff and then you go, and then you go, yeah, I don't know if I want to click any of that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So... And and this isn't the first time Russia has been censoring or changing the show uh, before it airs. The show, Fargo specifically, before it airs uh, in the country, which is...
0: yeah. I don't think that's, I don't think that's, that's, I don't know if that, I think that happens in all sorts of places, but anyway. That's
1: why we don't need to be allies with a country like that. Okay. Okay. Sorry.
0: (laughs) Hey, you know what I'm going to do to fix that?
1: Oh, you're, oh, hold on, hold on. Give me two shakes of a lamb's tail. I'm going to grab another.
0: See, I don't see. Matt is running to the refrigerator, and I just slowly let mine get warm as we record by just setting them down next to my microphone here. Um. So Sharpie, when he gets back and he opens this beer, we're totally going to talk about um this whole Chief Damick being kind of a turd. Matt, I yeah. just I was telling everybody I let my beers get warm by just leaving them on the desk next to me, but certainly is I'll, more convenient. Yeah, so brings we end out the up, flavor. We end up we end up uh we end up t- with chief damick and gloria talking and i don't i feel like he's A, he's an asshole and b i the one thing i caught on my second viewing outside of you know his walter speech my brothers didn't die face down within the gut you know with their guts in their boots um i this is where i was going to bring back howard zimmerman um
1: okay cool i don't have to remember
0: he talks he talks about well, because I I put a note in here real quick. He's talking about IEDs, and then he goes off on this. It's it's all random, you know. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this this comes back to that Zimmerman talk in the nursing home where he talks about all we are just we're just like particles okay. flying through the universe, and that when we crash into each other. And I feel like he's still commenting on that same thing about the randomness of it all. I mean, because it's just car parts and stuff crammed into these bombs, and you don't know, and you're just walking around, and, you know. And he that's says, when yeah. he gets to that.
1: You, 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 whether you live or die depends on whether you decided to walk the dog or mow the lawn. Right.
0: And, and I, 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 that's what I thought was interesting. Which
1: is the narrow escape problem, maybe. Um, Mm -hmm. Because whether or not, because you're in this walled area bouncing around. So maybe whether or not you escape is also totally random.
0: Yes. And then he gets on to his point where he tells, you know, talks about people who went home in a bag. And then Glory just responds with, well, I'm already home, so I'm gonna go ahead and do this. Okay, bye
1: now. Mm-hmm. Um, I looked into, I tried to dive into Mo Damick a little bit more than I probably should have. Um, well, first of all, and I said this in the hot dish, Mo Damick is much more the grandfather than Sai is. Um, I I said this in the hot dish. I think Sai is the cat because Sai's is stalking Ray, um, and that's what the cat does in Peter and the Wolf. Mm-hmm. And Mo is. More of the grandfather character because he is a little grumpy old bitch. And he's telling Peter, a.k.a. Gloria, Gloria, a.k.a. Peter, uh, what what to do and what not to do and all this stuff. And she's obviously doing the opposite, which is exactly what happens in Peter and the wolf. Um, so he's basically scolding her. She, he's telling her not to go after the wolf. And that's exactly what she's doing. And we know the wolf is V.M. Fargo. So mo Damik... Is the grandfather in Peter and the Wolf? Now, right. Obviously, there can be more than one, and they say Sai is, uh, is the grandfather or whatever. Um, but I tried to look into Mo Damic's name. I like researched Damic and like what could that translate to, and all this other stuff. And I, I, kind of came up, uh, I kind of came to a lot of dead ends. So I don't know where that name name came from. I thought maybe, um. It might relate to like Maurice Lafay somehow because maybe it was like maybe Damick translates to like just stop or like avoid this because cause mo mm. could be short for Maurice and maybe it's sort of a play on words. I don't know ran into a lot of dead ends there um I did research <laughs> uh his um bars the the merit badges he has on his badge um and it looks as though he he's got two merit badges. Uh, One seems to be pretty much the universal um, symbol for um, saving a life. Uh, That's the red and white um, bars. And maybe if other people know about law enforcement, (laughs) merit badges, they could shed some more light on this because I really don't know anything other than what I could find on the internet. So if you do know, if you're in law enforcement or you have some knowledge on this, please hit us up. Send us a note or hit us up on yeah. Twitter or Facebook or whatever. Um, and then the other one, which is above, I believe it's above the life-saving bars, the red and white, looks to be um, what is either a Medal of Honor or a Medal of Valor, which are both very similar. And that go That's the white-blue-white white pattern um, above yeah. his badge. So um, there's a little background to him. I don't know if that will... Play into the story or not, or if that's just the props they found. But um, either way, his character has a has a merit badge for saving lives and making fire and making
0: fire. I'm just I'm just kidding. No, I think we've learned over time though that the uh, the prop department for FX Fargo has been pretty spot on and and had a very good eye for detail. Um, just mm-hmm. just even on regional. <clears throat> stuff like the barrel of fun things that we've talked about in the red owl and and all that jazz that's so. exactly
1: right and that's why we got to look into this stuff yeah
0: i uh there's this scene where gloria passed um uh the strings are playing and, and nikki passed her and i i re i looked at that coat
1: again. oh my dude, god so did i dude
0: did you notice that and i looked at that coat and i was like that coat is like a calico cat did you see that part?
1: Hey, that's way easier than what I was trying to find. But yeah, you're right. A
0: calico cat has all these like splotchy black, brown, gray, all these colors. And I thought, oh my God, that jacket... Because I mean, that jacket A is just totally awesome. But I keep thinking, who would wear that in this day and age? You know, Right.
1: And that coat stood she's, out to me too. She's got
0: herself a really classy haircut and then she's got that jacket. But then I think, man, that thing just... It looked like a calico cat
1: and... So I'm sticking to that. <laughs> I think you're definitely right on that. That's just a representation, and that's a and and that's when the music for the cat is really prominent too. Right? Um, what were you gonna say? Why you sound like you had something different? I well, I knew it. I knew that it stood. It stood out. It stood out big time. Um, so I was like, "There's got to be something with that jacket." And of course, uh, you're a cat man, and I'm not. So you know, <laughs> you got cats crawling around your chin right now. Oh. No,
0: I don't. That's just that's just my beard. The cats are the cats are upstairs somewhere, mm-hmm. happily fed for right now. Bill, I'm, a, I'm an I like pets, dude. Let's let's not. Bill soaks
1: his underwear something. in warm milk before he wears them. <laughs>
0: oh God, that's so gross. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Just I've been trying to tell the, you for even years. Though, <laughs> even without the cat
1: thing, it's just gross to think about soaking my milk, my underwear, milk, <laughs> warm milk. Um so um, I thought there had to be something to the jacket but definitely you're right so I was looking up I was like Google image searching the jacket because I thought I'd seen that jacket before and I'm sure I have just elsewhere um I thought maybe that was worn by some character in a Coen brothers movie and that's what I was trying to find um because it looks familiar for some reason and I don't know why probably because I own that jacket um but also, because I thought maybe it's gotta be somewhere in another show,
0: yeah i mean i i definitely I would go more with calico than like a tortoise shell cat, but it's definitely calico to me,
1: definitely um so then after that, so right as they pass, Gloria is going to the the probation uh or parole officer parole office, I guess you would say um right. And she's going to hit up and have some words with Ray, see what Ray knows about this Maurice LeFay. And she goes to the receptionist, and the receptionist is on Facebook. Uh, Looking at <laughs> Adam Stockwell? Yes. Did you look up this guy? <laughs> I didn't get around to
0: it, but I wrote it in hopes that you would. <laughs> I
1: did. Man, I spent like freaking 30 minutes trying to find this Adam Stockwell guy. I assumed he was either... There, there was some sort of play in the universe going on uh with this Adam stockwell character or that he was like uh like a crew member um, I couldn't find craft him, service and like the everybody's listed. favorite
0: craft service guy
1: yeah I, that's what I was hoping to find like he's either he's, he's somebody um in the crew that he, and he still might be but uncredited because I could not find I was like this has got to be something because it's so very clear the name is big um they obviously redesign. it's obviously facebook but it's redesigned it's like you know the set yes. designers uh interpretation of facebook but enough so that his name is nice and big and there's a big old picture and- well
0: no what you got to remember is that i think that was facebook that was just facebook back
1: then do you think so i don't remember it looking like that also i, was I don't know but there,
0: there there are companies that do that i mean like if you've ever watched um like uh Silicon Valley on HBO. Mm-hmm. They have there are there are companies that literally make screenshots and make sure code looks proper and stuff now.
1: Oh, really?
0: And uh yeah, I listen to like uh Twit, like this you know, this Week in Tech and Mac Break Weekly and stuff like that. But uh they've actually been like one of the tabs in the browser on these TV shows. So people throw things in there all the time. So somewhere there's got somebody who helped make that screen. Either it was that guy or somebody was like, dude, I threw you into this TV show. But I just thought it was great that she was, A, she's just like on Facebook at work. <laughs> yeah. It's just, how realistic could you be? And That realistic.
1: Yeah, of course. And there's like a delay to like Gloria's response as she's still kind of browsing at this crush of hers. Uh, yeah. Gloria's like, you know, excuse me or whatever. And she's still looking yeah. at this guy on Facebook and then slowly rolls her eyes up towards Gloria. Right. Oh, Adam Stockwell. Tell us who you are. Somebody. (laughs) Somebody. Tell us who Adam
0: Stockwell is. Somebody from FX. Please tell us. (laughs) Well, okay. So this actually led me to something else that I don't think has anything to do with anything. But I, we talk about those things on the show. Is that over her shoulder? Then eventually, there she had a hand washing sign on the yeah. What the hell is is with that? And then you but then, right after that, it immediately cuts to the restroom, and if you look in the mirror, you see three hand washing signs well, two signs about hand washing and one about how to dry your hands and eventually, there's the one on the wall that tells you that you you basically can't have your coats and stuff or whatever no bags, coats should be brought into the toilet stall or sample will be considered invalid, but obviously it's a parole office, so they have to tell people that but why would you put it by the sink? But I just thought I mean the, why are, the, the, why are people being encouraged so seriously and then there's like a sign over the toilet or they're just like this bathroom needs something let's just put up a bunch of signs right. in, the
1: st- in the prop department you know or set dressers. Right. The the instructions above the hand dryer are just like that's baffling to me. Like do you really need instructions on how to wash your hands? And the instructions show how to dry your hands but they but they're referring to a paper towel dispenser and this is like a yeah. hand dryer. Um, I only
0: thought they were maybe there about how to do things, and Gloria, all she wanted to do was wash her hands, and she couldn't. There's instructions everywhere. There's all the stuff, and she can't do it. And even in the face of Winnie trying to shake her hand after she asked for a, you know, and I still, hey friend, you wouldn't have you wouldn't have a put her in her, would you, by chance?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> still real, but uh or, did I call her Winnie? Holy crap. I've been calling her Winnie or something the whole time. It's Penny. Jesus. What? I thought it was don't. Winnie. Penny Lopez, St. Cloud Metro, isn't it? Or did I type it wrong? Now I'm like second guessing no, myself. No, I thought God. it
1: was. I, I, think, I think Winnie's right. Penny doesn't yeah, seem
0: right. Ugh, maybe uh, I was thinking about Big Bang Theory. Hmm. I just don't want people sending all sorts of messages in. Simmer down here, folks. We're We're in the midst of things. Anyway, I just thought, you know, and and what a pleasant note she ends on. You know, she's like, "What are you doing?" Well, I got like a 1083 or whatever the hell it was. She says and she's like, "You and she's like murder." And then she goes, "Well, happy trails." <laughs> like <laughs> that's the that's that's the Midwestern spirit. Like, "Well, that's that's horrible. Well, good luck." And then she leaves that just glorious little note for her on the uh on the car as well.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: You know, just like, can you get any more bright? Like like really bright, not
1: like smart bright, like, oh I'm I'm a nice person. That's an interesting character. That one's kind of hard to peg for me. She's a little bit like Marge, but not in the sense that she's like not reserved whatsoever. Um
0: n- no, she can't she can't she you can't put that toothpaste back in the tube, you know. When she starts saying something, she's gonna say it. She doesn't give a shit. I mean, all the way down to the whole what was the line she said about About uh, her just basically getting the the shortest distance to to do something. What was it? There was lots of sex talks and her husband punching her clock. Mm -hmm. And I thought, huh. What I thought about it was, A, it was funny. B, it's it's the fact that she actually closed the distance of this investigation really fast. Oh,
1: yeah. Um, She, for sure. Um, And this whole episode... Could have been like the first or second episode. Um, I feel like we're just now getting started and we're just been trudging through a little bit. <laughs> and I don't want to knock the show because I want to like the show, but and I do. And the first and first and second seasons were awesome, uh, but I feel like we've just been like we've got like mud on our boots and we're just like like trying to wade through this weight a little bit and it's just not that much going on, and then we get to uh, an episode like this where it introduces all the characters, kind of again. Um, yeah, and we're now just getting rolling. And Winnie's Winnie is like a catalyst, and it is Winnie. Um yeah,
0: it is. I know. Right.
1: It, she's like the catalyst to starting to close these gaps. She's maybe she's the catalyst uh, to the narrow escape problem. <laughs> She's starting yeah. to close. She's starting to close the the boundaries here a little bit and start right and start to get to the bottom of shit, which is about freaking time because we're going to be like at the halfway mark this week.
0: Damn near. I just that's why I'm saying I hope that something like really swift and holy shitty happens where you just go <laughs> whoa, like you know if those things kind of happen and we expect them, but I, I I I don't know. I think it would be really interesting to see him just axe can you imagine if he axed Ray or Emmett? Hmm. Or at least made you think he did, because VM Varga has swallowed the wolf or has swallowed <laughs> the, duck. the duck, and you think he's gone. But anyway,
1: but we're not uh, even close to getting to a point like that. Not within one episode, anyway. Yeah, we are. I don't think so. What
0: we already know? He's we already know VM's been listening to phone calls, and he's already said, "Is your brother going to be a problem?" Because all he's interested in is making his business run properly, so that he can make that paper
1: so speaking of that vm um so in the hot dish we were thinking that or at least i was thinking that vm was the one who sent the images of ray and nikki Mm -hmm. to the parole office or ray's bosses or whatever um but everybody else says that that's Psy. like in the reviews that i've read anyway but do we know do we know that
0: that's I think it's 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 ambiguous at this point because we don't know if Cy's there to say, fuck you, I sent the pictures, or if he's there to say, fuck you, I put a boot on your car, or fuck you, I did both. I I don't think Cy si is smart enough to send pictures.
1: I don't his, either
0: his response to him giving him a let me show you what's in my pocket middle finger was to run into his car. With his yellow Hummer, and then run into another car, yeah. which now gets him into a sim. And in the, pro- yeah, in the process of he's... doing it,
1: he leaves a bigger mess for himself. That's why yeah, that's I don't why I, think I don't... he did it either. I, okay, cool. Let's stick with that, because I, I think But I found we're like two smart. or three sources that say Psy did this, but I just wanted to know if I missed something in the episode, because I've watched it a couple times now, and I don't see anything... Uh, any evidence that points to Cy? Is there, am I missing something? Like is, was Cy's fucking name on the damn envelope of photographs?
0: I don't know. I think this is what sometimes is the problem, you know? I mean, you know, there, it varies week to week to how much I feel like reading from other people. And, right. I mean, I feel like you and I do a lot of like, I'm just going to Google this random thing. And then, think about it a little bit. I'm not saying I don't ever read anything, but the problem is, is these guys, they're in this race. Like when I say these guys, I'm talking about like uh, reviews that are um, type like written. And I think they're, they're in this race to get it out because that's what they need to do, you know, because got to get the clicks mm-hmm. going, got to get the things. And so I don't know, maybe there, I feel like in this small instance, I feel like those are all really smart people who do a really good job of picking up a lot of shit because they're writers and they, they know literary stuff and television really well and film. But I don't know. I I saw one thing like that and I just thought, "What?" Or somebody commented on it maybe somewhere and I thought, "No, I'm not I'm not sure it's that, but I mean, it's it's the obvious choice because who else would have access to that party, you know? But I think that VM Varga has been tracking, stalking and sniffing around like a wolf mm-hmm. far longer
1: because that's what wolves either do.
0: Either yeah, and then either of the Stussy brothers have any idea about, you know, they're still stuck with clicks and buzzes and not knowing what's going on. And meanwhile, they're just being the clicks and buzzes. I mean, if you think about it, it's like, isn't that what people usually say you hear when you know there's a wiretap going on? Mm-hmm. And so I think, I don't know, it's, it could really go either way for me and maybe we'll find out soon. We could find out.
1: Yeah, we will find out. Uh, well, maybe we'll yeah. find out. Um, yeah. I don't think size is capable of taking those photographs. I don't know how those photographs...
0: Or there might have been just somebody at that party just photographing people in general. I mean, I don't know. Right. Should I go back and you play know, and- episode one again and rewatch it and find out, oh, there was a party photographer there taking socialite photos?
1: Well, here's the deal. Um, you're right, because uh, we see V.M. Varga in his trailer home later on in the episode and he's sort of going over social media and news websites and things like that. And he's actually pulling up a picture of Cy. Um You see a picture of Sai on his screen and it looks yeah. very much like the quality, like that SLR quality that are in these photos. He could have easily just come across those photos and like on the internet mm-hmm. or he could have cropped them from like a big crowd of photos. He knows what he's doing. He could have just, he could have just frigging Googled all this shit <laughs>
0: Yeah, I wanted to see the back of that trailer. Um, like the there was like this cage area that had like what appeared to be like all this hardcore surveillance stuff, and I, I wanted to see more of it, but it went by so fast that even if you, it, I feel like even pausing, you couldn't get an, enough of it. It
1: went by so fast, and you see this like I, I don't I, think, I don't know if it was a dolly move or not. I can't remember right now, but it's kind of closing in onto V. embargo like laying on his back. I don't know if that's where he sleeps or whatever, and he's talking on the phone. Mm. Do you recall that?
0: I'm I'm looking at it right now, um, real quick, because they open the scene and they like pound on the side of the thing to let him know they're coming in. And he's still. What is that thing that like, it's almost like a bullwhip? You said he has.
1: Yeah, it's like yeah. A and classic. what is Mimo always Uh-oh. listening
0: to on those damn headphones?
1: Right. He just getting Amped up so the he whole opens time, the door. He's listening to some yeah, it's like 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 Eric Church out, or something. Like,
0: yeah, it does back out. There's like it's like a dolly shot, just moving backwards. Oh, it's, it's moving back. Or, yeah, I mean, or well, actually, now that I look at this, uh, I don't know. Or it's 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 a really nice steady cam shot too. Yeah, who knows? Because they never show the floor completely, but they do go to a section where it's like they cut to this thing. There's this cage area in the back. There's all sorts of surveillance screens up, and what appear to be hard drives and stuff. And Mimo is. I feel like he's the tech. He's the tech guy, that's what it is. He's the tech guy and Yuri is the muscle. Sure. You know, and like so Don't away. Steady. And there's a motorcycle in that thing. I also have a note about this. There's a motorcycle in that thing and um it's going to come back. And the other thing is if you pause at like 1354
1: 1354
0: Yeah, somewhere around 1354. Mm, and I just I'm just, just going right to remind there. you of something that Every, uh, there, there are three or four scenes in this where everybody has a lamp that like has a gooseneck on it. Like, V.M. Varga has this one clip to his thing. If you go in, there's a scene where in the very, very beginning um, where, uh, uh who was it? There was I don't know. There's just a bunch of scenes where there's just these lamps. One of them, I swear, was an Ikea lamp too that I actually own. But yeah. Everybody's got like a little one. Emmett has one on his desk and yeah, it's just one of those weird things I notice that don't mean anything. It's just styling. I do
1: agree that motorcycles definitely got to come back. Why is there a motorcycle in there? Well, I mean, you can't be driving around a freaking 18 wheeler around town, man. Yeah. But I obviously don't see (laughs) VM Varga cruising around a Ducati or anything.
0: Yeah, I did love this little scene. I'm, I'm skipping back, but I really loved uh, the miniature scene with uh, Sai. Like he's 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 a big boy playing. He's a he's a kid. He's a man in a kid's world. For vice versa, a kid in a
1: world for men. And he's
0: pushing I, that around. And there's this whole <clears throat> and he narrative is, thing. And
1: yeah, yeah. I was hoping that he was actually like simulating his gotcha to Ray and like crashing into. A car because he's right. he's controlling a yellow SUV, yeah. uh, which obviously is a is a it, it must he's thinking that's his you know big badass Hummer, and he kind of pulls the Hummer into the parking lot and he gets real close to another car as he parks the yellow SUV in the model, and I I, I played it a couple times because I thought he actually like hit the other car maybe simulating like. His badassery <laughs> or something?
0: Yeah, yeah. know I, I saw that.
1: <laughs> he doesn't actually hit it, but he could have been thinking that. All I, thought, was.
0: all I thought was, "You suck at parking."
1: Yeah. <clears throat> but, but yeah, there's oh okay, so, so much. A couple things. Um, we we still have a couple things to get through. Uh, first, can,
0: can I can I get through? What do you want to do first? You tell me.
1: Um. Okay, real because this will be more brief, um, and we were just talking about it. Ray's the photo uh, that Ray has with Nikki Swango sent to his, uh, his bosses. He, they're like, "Hey, man, you can't do this. It's in the handbook." Blah blah blah. Hoobie stank, whatever the line is. Poontang <laughs> for a uh, hoobie stanker son.
0: I want to let you keep saying this. <laughs> the line is using her poontang to hoodwink and bamboozle. And then the other guy says, "See, that's what they do, son." Right. Cuz you know, women are to be trusted. Classic Midwestern trust- line. Using your yeah, poontang to hoodwink. Women aren't, bamboozle. To, women aren't to be trusted, you know, using their punani.
1: Um, so uh good up for Ray. I like that he just quit his job for his woman. Um, yeah. And you think, you know, you know, sometimes there's these dudes and they're just like they got the the glossy eyes over their lady and when really they're getting swindled. But we've seen from Nikki's face that there really isn't a lot of evidence yet that he that Ray is actually getting swindled. She does seem to have like a true affection for him. But maybe we're getting swindled because Mary Elizabeth Winstead is so fucking hot. Um, <laughs> You're, you as the viewer, Sharpie as the viewer is his own ray. I'm getting, I'm you, getting hoodwinked. Yeah, um, she is looking directly bamboozled. into the
0: camera lens in that shot, which is very disarming because it's you know breaking that fourth wall and like, did you notice that if go, if you go back and pause at it, it's she's staring directly into the lens or almost damn near into it. Mm-hmm. Like he's staring at her and she's staring at you, basically.
1: We are being bamboozled. Uh, twenty six thirty two, folks. Just twenty.
0: If you pay for the show like we do, twenty six thirty
1: two. Nobody is doing that. Um. Well, well, we do. So whatever. <laughs> so because <laughs> this show is worth the money. Don't. No, stop not stealing. that they're not paying for it. I'm just saying they're not going to oh. go back and look at oh. minute twenty six. Um. <laughs> but here <laughs> they have a they have a life. Here's the conundrum. We okay. know. Uh, we know that later on in the evening, Nikki and Ray have a meeting with freaking Bert Lurdsman or whatever his name is, right? Bert, is that, is that it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is it. I want to know how Lerdsman. they're making these.
0: It is, it is Bert Lurdsman. I just, I, I had to turn on closed captioning just to make sure I heard <laughs> well, that's it That's right a great then. idea. I was like, it just sounds like, it just, it sounds like. Turd Ferguson to me is it sounds. like. It's the
1: Midwest Turd Ferguson is what it is. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's Bertlerdman. Stop Lurzman. being such
1: a Bertlerdman.
0: <laughs> yeah, Burt He's the. What is he the king of? The plumbing, the plumbing king of plumbing supplies. Plumbing, the plumbing king of Saint Cloud.
1: Yep. So we know they have when... this important meeting with their bridge potential bridge sponsor Bert well, their ship has come in. Their ship is coming in. And here's what I don't get. He quits his job for his lady, his smoking hot lady, and then he doesn't, and then he leaves her out to dry. He stands her up for the Burt Lerdsman meeting. Now, how does that happen? You just left your job. You got $10,000 in your pocket. Well, technically, now I guess Nikki probably has it, right? Uh, Well, we don't know, I guess, but uh, he's got $10,000, theoretically, that he stole from his brother. He just quit his job now they can maybe pursue their awesome freaking semi-professional bridge career and he goes to the bar
0: because i think you're missing the part where he he they're going to um like send her back and he's not sure so the question is yes he's fired he's left and they have all this stuff but Is it for real? Are they going to send her up? Are they going to send her to Stillwater? You think so? And I, I just, I think that's so heartbreaking to him that he doesn't know how to tell him.
1: I guess that's probably it. Uh, I guess you, I mean, you may very well be right there. I was kind of thinking that by him leaving his job, maybe they can just like drop this thing, uh, and and that that was the deal. But I guess it was never said. Right because i mean what's in it for them to go out of their way to uh like send her back if potentially she didn't do anything or if essentially she didn't do anything wrong ray did something wrong and ray took the ultimate punishment for it
0: i'm i'm yeah and i also by the way i was letting the <coughs> excuse me the thing play and i feel like somebody stole those pictures from facebook cuz later on when they're showing vm varga looking at facebook and he's talking about Esau was a hairy man and I was a smooth man. He's looking at the the stuff that shows pictures on the website or on Facebook of of those things, like even pictures of him in front of his Corvette and stuff. It's all in it's all blurred out in the background, but if you go back and watch it.
1: Yeah, so he most likely just um acquired those photos, right? Because I, I'm sure there were tons of photos taken at this like swanky party. Yeah, and so he probably ripped him off by creeping people's Facebook profiles.
0: Also, fun, fun little moment. I'm pretty sure it's a picture of the, uh, you know, they were talking about the 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 dog that died that, <laughs> that that he he messed up the dog. You know the the remains of the dog. Who would do that? You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just realized that there might be a nod to the dog here. I just sent you a text message. Look at the reflection <laughs> of Facebook. In VM Varga's glasses, and it's a picture of a dog. <laughs> oh my god, that is fantastic. Forty two oh one for those of you at home who actually give a shit about the details that may or may not mean anything. But no, yeah, that's that, that's not a wolf. That's a dog or a guy. I don't know. it Could be a wolf,
1: but it's no. I that's not like a wolf. He's like you know, and then it cuts. For- that is awesome, dude.
0: I love watching these. Seriously, I could watch these shows with the sound off. After I, I do this and just rewatch it. Like even when you cut back to the scene, in that scene you cut back to the donkey and there's a bird in the mm-hmm. in the you know it's yeah. Anyway, I feel like we got to talk anyway. about a these are good here. details. No, no, I mean I feel like I want to get back like on track about a couple things because you had two things you want to talk about. Well, and, this is this uh, is uh, the I'll, next wanna, thing.
1: Um, okay, it basically goes into the. I basically wanted to go into the office, uh, Emmett's office with this conversation because we know, uh, so V and Varga comes over to their house unexpectedly, Emmett's house, uh, and mm-hmm. they have dinner in this um, sort of little, not the dining room, but like the dining nook mm-hmm. or, or whatever, kitchen side room. I don't know. That <laughs> that was as much of a dining room as I've ever had. Um, yeah, But, so blah, 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 there's not really like... We kind of discussed that in the hot dish. Um, but now we're in Emmett's office and we're, we're, we've are we got VM Varga here. And this is kind of... What you're talking about is kind of cutting in and out of this conversation that they're having where mm-hmm. VM Varga is talking about this revolution that's uh, inevitably coming upon them. And VM is trying to get... Emmett on his side to be prepared to have the resources, to have the money, to have everything in preparation for when basically the poor people, the the peasants come out with their pitchforks and attack him. Mm-hmm. And what does that mean? Is that a threat that he's using? That is, is VM setting up a, a story that he's just making up to scare Emmett into thinking he needs this partnership Or people are going to come after him with pitchforks because VM Varga might have some way of sending the people after him. I don't know, but VM is living the lifestyle he's talking about. He's sort of uh, a product. uh, He's sort of um, putting his money where his mouth is. He's living invisibly.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's you know. So here we are, ending the story, right? right? Or and almost ending this episode with Emmett, and we opened with Emmett. As this peacock character I talked about, about how he is, but VM also goes into this whole thing where he just basically was like, Look, I'm wearing a shitty tie, you know? Mm-hmm. It, because I don't, you know, it, it's, it's about, I feel like he's talking to him about blending in a little or something. This is the, this is the part that I didn't, I didn't really re digest well enough because I was so stuck on watching about, watching the camera moves. And as they did it, it was, it's very much like, um, do you ever watch Nerdwriter uh, on YouTube? Have you ever heard of that
1: guy? Uh sorry, I say know. that one more time, I lost connection.
0: I said I, I said have you ever heard about Nerdwriter on YouTube?
1: Uh yeah. <laughs> I've watched some of you, his Have stuff. you seen
0: that scene? Yeah, so if you look for Nerdwriter1, 1, N E R D W R I T E R 1, he has all these like really great video essays. I feel like this was I mean I'm not going to put it in the exact same category but he has a really 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 great uh breakdown of how um is it how Howard uh Howard <laughs> how Alfred Hitchcock breaks like um blocks a scene. Have you seen that one?
1: Uh yeah, I think I have seen that one actually.
0: So I found myself rewatching... Yeah, How Hitchcock Blocks a Scene. Uh, it's from a year ago. A- anyway, I was rewatching this. And it's not exactly the same cinematography stuff. But I just watched how with the series of discussion and threat and leaning over the desk. And then on top of it, flashbacks, which we don't get a lot of. You know, that aren't like hardcore, hardcore flashbacks. These are like flashbacks to just not that long ago. To him listening and looking at Facebook VM Varga. And yes, over the course of this whole thing, they switch sides of the desk. VM is now slouched very comfortably in, in Emmett's own chair. And Emmett is now the guest on the other side of the bargaining mm-hmm. table, signing away a partnership. And I, I, just in terms of how the whole scene moves in the discussion, I thought it was awesome and, and kind of beautiful how they traded places.
1: It was awesome. Um and they did trade places, and a reason why it wasn't so obvious to me. I mean, it should have been obvious because you. Can, it, it's not like they're trying to hide it or anything. I don't um,
0: think they're trying to hide it, but it, it's just so subtle because of the way. It, that's what I'm saying. It's so. That's what I'm saying. Go look at this he, Alfred Hitchcock scene, and and it's just they move about the room in like this natural way where they're talking about things. He gestures to stuff, and the way the camera moves through it, that it keeps changing the perspective of who's. Who's aggressive and who's not? Yeah,
1: but here's why it's subtle. Because in filmmaking, there's this thing called the rule of one eighty. Um, yeah, where you don't want uh, if two characters are interacting, you don't want to cross this hundred and eighty degree parallel. Where all of a sudden they're they're facing like they might start by facing uh, right, and then you, if you cross the parallel, you're, that person's now facing left because it's really disorienting to the viewer. Um,
0: yes it's it feels wonky,
1: yeah, so what this is and and oftentimes movies uh specifically subscribe to this this other rule where villains like villains tend to always uh face uh they're like their action is left to right i think um yes, so, so this the reason why it's so subtle in this scene but also awesome and effective but if you if if it just like missed you is because even though VM Varga is on your side as the viewer he and facing um, Emmett, who's behind his desk, eventually they switch spots, but the rule of 180 is never broken. VM is always facing... He's always on the left facing right, and Emmett is always on the right facing left. So even though that sounds kind of weird, if you rewatch it, you'll understand what I'm saying because it, it's hard right. to... It's hard to explain it with just audio. They never break that rule, so that's why it's so subtle. And they intersperse it with shot reverse shot, yeah,
0: which happens quite a bit in um, Coen Brothers movies in general.
1: That was a ner- lovely, a lovely scene to watch. And then yeah, you you keep getting these like interstitials, these inserts of uh, oh. him doing his surveillance V.M. embargo, like. A little bit of his right. backstory of him researching these, yeah, crazy folk. So, if you're
0: interested in the whole uh, Joel and Ethan Cohen shot reverse shot, that's actually not uh, Nerd Rider, That is every frame a painting, uh, every frame a painting on on YouTube. And if you should go watch shot reverse shot, it's really great. That's from uh, February 2016. It's a great one. Ooh. So yeah, we just got really nerdy. That had nothing to do with theme and was really more about cinema and television and storytelling but you're right they 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 they're always facing and even if it's even in the shot reverse shot if you look at back at it their their faces are very often tilted in a direction you mm-hmm. know yep but yes it is cuz it gets really disorienting it's 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 the reason when you watch a scene where you want a train to go from one direction to the other it usually goes left to right cuz if it goes the other way it's, it's awkward it is awkward yeah it feels um, awkward cuz we've been we've been super trained so
1: so I love this kind of stuff. Um, I had the opportunity at work to shoot a commercial yesterday. We shot for like 20-some hours. It was crazy. Um, but that's why I slept till like 3 p.m. today. <laughs> but um, I, I I haven't done that in years, actually. I used to work for a production company. We used to do that kind of stuff all the time. But it was so fun to be back on a set and mm-hmm. talking about this kind of stuff uh, and, and nerding out on the details of things. And I do miss that a little bit. Um, so I think rewatching watching this uh, episode of Fargo today after having been on a set for the last 20 hours was even more fun because I'm like nitpicking. I'm watching the camera movements and watching the lens changes and things like that. And it's just like, man, people don't realize. How, I mean, sure. Sh- I shouldn't say that. I should give people credit. Um, But there's a lot of work that goes into this stuff. And when we were shooting a commercial and the commercial was more, more being shot like a film, it was a narrative and it's going to be about Mm -hmm. two minutes long. Um, But the amount of work it takes just to get like an insert shot of like a hand grabbing a glass or something like that, you know, well that can take an hour. Um, And you can't, you can't, just forego those shots because a lot of times they're pivotal, pivotal in the storytelling. It might make sense to you, but you need, it might make sense to you in, the, in just reading the script or reading the story or whatever, but you really need a ton of detail shots to effectively oh, yeah. tell a story. And those detail shots are, they're not, they might last half of a second, but they're not unimportant. No.
0: Uh, you're you're talking about this as I'm like scrubbing, and I noticed that on Stupid Things, Bill notices on uh Anna Emmett's table they have little owl salt and pepper shakers, and if you go all the way to um her house, uh, you go to Gloria's house. She also has uh, owls in her house too.
1: There seems to be a bird theme.
0: There's an owl in the. Uh, she has an owl oh, napkin shit. holder on her table.
1: Remember when we were, remember in the first episode when we were talking about, uh, it seems like Emmett has his bird fetish? Boom. Yeah, there's birds.
0: Oh, Jesus, stupid. How are we just talking about this now? (laughs) I
1: know. God damn it. (laughs) And remember we're going over the fucking ice sculpture and I'm thinking like it's a swan and you're like, nah, I think that's a duck. And I'm like, that's a shitty swan or it's a, it's a shitty swan duck thing. Ugh,
0: God, we're stupid.
1: So that's it. Yeah, so now maybe... Now I want to go
0: back and look at all the stuff in the back of other people's, you know, ugh,
1: We whatever. should go whatever. back to Emmett's study uh, is what we should do because there is a ton of shit in there.
0: There is. I just think they're all there just to to continue the idea that he's the bird, but... Right. I, I also don't want to gloss over the fact that, that, that this, this scene, this, this episode does end with uh, VM laying on the floor listening or doing whatever and... Uh, and Gloria can't get these things out of her head, and what do you know, Winnie stops by, and and uh, yep, there we are. Did you notice that uh, Gloria also has a horseshoe over her door, and so did uh, Emmett? No, Ennis, I mean. Mm. On the interior of her house, Gloria has a horseshoe over the door, and on the exterior of Ennis's house, he had a horseshoe over the door. So they're somewhat uh, superstitious people? I don't know anyone out here who has horseshoes, do you
1: um we we had a horseshoe pit growing up, did you?
0: no no, no, I meant like the the horseshoe like over your door as oh, a, no, a, no, as, no. as a good luck symbol also going to just very very quickly point out that if you go back and watch the scene of inglorious House and you scrub through it with the exception of me bringing up that uh cordless phone on the wall uh in her kitchen, there are like no crazy there's like it's just her counter is just chock full of stuff, but none of it is a microwave. You know, her her mm-hmm. stove is gas. She doesn't. You know, it doesn't it, look like there's a lot of electronics in there.
1: Ultimately, that's going to save her life. I I think that seems to be fairly obvious. Um, but I'm super curious as to the backstory of it. Um, I am too. And you you kind of briefly mentioned that previous scene ending with a shot of VM Varga on the floor. Uh-huh. Um, he's talking. He's talking on the phone. So that I think is is most curious to me because up to this point we don't know who VM Varga answers Works for.
0: To. Nope, nope.
1: So, we don't. So does he answer to somebody? He's clearly talking to somebody on the phone. I don't see him talking on the phone to Mimo or Yuri. Um, no, those
0: guys are somewhere else. I think
1: so. It's possible that he does have somebody that he answers to, but I don't. Oh, know. he
0: most definitely does. Yeah. Oh yeah, he is not the mastermind. He is. I mean, Mike Milligan answered to somebody. Every you know, it's there's there's somebody somewhere. That's getting answered to. It's mm. just it's too it has to be that way. There's just no way around that.
1: I, I miss Mike Milligan. God, he was good last season, wasn't mm. he?
0: God, he was great. So I don't know. I feel I feel like that's the show, dude. Okay. I feel like I feel like if you and I you and I could like wax on this forever, but I I know how long we've been recording and um and didn't we just open this with a ah there's nothing, but I, I really do <laughs> think there is there is nothing to some degree and there is something. Um and that's the way it rolls with us. But oh, so so I made a, I did I did make oh so thanks everybody who noticed. On um, if you follow us, go to Fargo Talks Fargo slash Facebook or Fargo Talks Fargo Facebook <laughs> slash Fargo Talks Fargo, and you can see I was literally at a dealership. Um, there's a an import dealership here town that I was at, and I looked out uh, in the parking lot and I was like, there's a big giant yellow Hummer, and I thought, holy shit, size is here. Size here trying to take care of stuff and and uh, Jim on Facebook that he was trying to get rid of evidence <laughs> traded <it> in that <laughs> seems like something Sai would do and uh, and then I didn't take a picture of it tonight but there was another damn Hummer in the parking lot at Lowe's tonight when I was there <laughs> they're like showing up all over again but um I did make a hot dish I know you didn't get around to it I it, it's a long story and I almost didn't either because it was Mother's Day and and all this other stuff but so I made right. a um. I made a, uh, enchilada, tater tot enchilada hot dish. Which... Yes.
1: Oh, there were tater tots in there too. Nice. <laughs> oh,
0: I told you, I told you on the phone. I said, you can't, you can't do your, I'm Sharpie, I make pretty food thing. You, you, you gotta Midwest this thing. And I made mine almost entirely out of ingredients that were either processed or pre cooked. And, my Basically, you're like, just
1: mashing everything together and heating it up, right? <laughs> Isn't that what a hot dish really is? <laughs> I guess you're right. I mean, it's kind of it's a hot dish of just mishmash. Yeah. It's a hillock, and uh, so I did that. But I'm trying to figure out how or where we're going to post
0: that because I don't. I'm yeah. We'll have to talk about that offline. But so keep an eye on our social media, which is where Fargo talks Fargo on Twitter. You can follow Sharpie at C H A R P I E. You can follow me at at L-E-M as in Mary P and in Paul E or you can like I said Fargo Talks Fargo and so we're on Facebook and we have FargoTalksFargo.com if you want to head there and uh, we have had a few people extra people rate and comment on the show on iTunes which is fantastic we would love it if we would get more people who are enjoying the show to go there and do that it, it obviously helps us when people go out there and try to decide what show they want to listen to and uh so we we appreciate that so other than that keep keep all the comments coming through the social media and you can always email us at podcast at com. we really do appreciate all the feedback you guys are giving us some weeks we can talk about a little bit some of it we yeah we just get a little a little uh a little off kilter here but uh i i thanks sharpie and and we we didn't even get a chance to talk about the fact that the the the, the the whole show ends with You Don't Know by Galactic, which was fun because I still just love the idea that it could be a middle finger to all of us trying to figure this story out when you got a show a
1: song like You Don't Know.
0: Yeah. Hey,
1: I hate to do this to you, but one more thing.
0: Okay. One, Steve Jobs me. <laughs> this better be good. Okay, it better so, be a new uh, iPhone. I, I, I,
1: I just had the end of the show playing while we were wrapping it up. And oh, we're, you're tuning me out. <laughs> no, no, no. It's just playing. You're
0: like You're just like my wife.
1: Um. Yeah, kind of. Well, it's just it's your tone of voice that just kind of just, it's, it hits that frequency, and I just it's invisible.
0: Uh, and yeah, well, she's way hotter than you, so
1: whatever. Uh, oh, <laughs> that's true. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I cannot deny that. Um, outside of Gloria's home's door, did you see that little sign? That's like a rake on to the right. Yeah, and it says G Y O W.
0: Does it? I, I almost stopped on it, but I didn't. I was looking at the uh the wreath on the other side and I was thinking about well it says G it says grow, you doofus.
1: Does it? Or does it yeah. say G Y O W like Go your own way? You can go your own way. I fucking hate you. Go your own it's, way. It's a
0: rake. I can't believe we just stopped the show so I what can tell that, you that that rake says grow. It's just a terrible R.
1: It could be a terrible R, but what the what the hell does a rake have to do with growing? Man, that's about it
0: I don't know. Fine. I only noticed that we opened on a house for the most part that had a wreath in the middle of a window lit, and we're ending on a house with a wreath in the middle lit. I know that's just part of the season, but
1: I think it says. I think it's an acronym for go your own way.
0: I think it's bookends. I like your st- I like your thing. I mean if we can if we if if we stick to our if we stick we stick really to our just schedule, a shitty R. And it's really just a shitty R. If we stick to our schedule next week, not this week, next week, we will we will ask Maggie Phillips, the music supervisor for Fargo when we interview her again if she has any hot plans Hot plans, <laughs> hot plans for a Fleetwood Mac song. We won't get real direct, Sharpie. We'll just be like, "Hey, what are the chances you're going to throw some Fleetwood Mac in again?" And then if there's no, you can go your own way. I'll call your theory bullshit. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> I think
1: it's for. Hey, I think oh it's God, brilliant it's just, foreshadowing.
0: It's just <laughs> a terrible. It's just a terrible
1: R. Uh, maybe it's go your own way, and it and it's. Not a rake; it's a broom that you fly on, and you can it's, go anywhere you want.
0: Nope, it's Quidditch, and it's it's a connection to Harry Potter.
1: I guess we'll find out.
0: Expelliarmus. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, hey, our thanks are <laughs> the Exactly. Uh, our thanks again to Fargo Brewing Company and their wood chipper India Pale Ale for sponsoring this season. Head to fargobrewing.com to learn more about them. If you're in the tri-state area, go out and get some and do that. If you're not in the tri-state area, get in touch with them, buy some shirts. Cause hey, it's a conversation starter. It's the way to go. Plus, you'd be by supporting them, you're supporting us. So thank you so much. So, hey, Sharpie, until next time, uh, hot dish.
1: Okay. Well, I'll see you later.
0: Okay then, bye. Bye.